Welcome to the First United Methodist Church. We hope our sermon broadcast will bless you. The scripture reading this morning is from Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 7, and then verses 11 through 16, and it's from the New Revised Standard Version. So Paul begins, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, and making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all, But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. He himself granted that some were apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ." We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us be in a spirit of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So, where do we begin? We begin where we are. I know that makes sense, but I've also known too many people who have wanted to start in the past. And others who are just completely and totally impatient and want to already be in the future. It's not possible. You have to be who you are in the time and the place that you are. That's where we begin. That's where we focus and begin to grow together. As a church, it's the body of Christ, as a family. I know it's not the first Sunday of the month, but I did ask that we share communion together today. Because this is the body, just as we are the body. One and many at the same time. I picked this scripture 
because it is the foundational scripture of my purpose statement. It has the elements within it to help you understand a little bit of who I am and what my perspective is when it comes to ministry, when it comes to building the relationships one with another. It also includes my expectations. My expectation that we will be in ministry together, building up the body of Christ. And believe me, there are plenty of people in this world who are trying to take not just Christianity, but any form of faith expression and tear it to shreds. I was just reading an article this past week, of course, on the internet. It's where I get all my news now. I try to make sure they're reliable sources, but... About somebody who published a book that tries to tear apart the quote-unquote mythology of faith. Do you know what the difference is between mythology and reality? The difference is those of us who have experienced faith know it to be real. Those who have yet to have that experience aren't sure yet. And it's part of our job, our responsibility to offer them that opportunity to get to know the depth, the reality, the substance of our faith. One of my side gigs in the past just to liven things up because I obviously don't have enough to do, has been to teach religious studies in various institutions. And when we were in Virginia, I taught at uh, Northern Virginia Community College. And I asked the dean, I said, I want to teach intro. Introduction to religion. They had me teaching comparative studies and religion and all that kind of stuff. I said, no, I want to teach intro. I want to get people at the very beginning of their faith experience. And it was a real joy because I was not bound by the language of any particular faith. I was teaching Christians. I was trying to convince Catholics that they were Christians. It's an interesting conversation you should have someday. Anyway, I was teaching Jews. I was teaching Muslims. I was teaching Sikhs. I was teaching Buddhists. I was teaching Hindus. You know who were the most fun to teach? The atheists. They were a blast. My wife asked me the other day, about agnostics, and I said, I have very little respect for agnostics. I have much more respect for the atheists because at least they put in the work. (laughs) 
agnostics just basically go, well, I think there's something out there. That's not true. I've known a lot of fine people with good, solid morals who haven't yet defined their own faith experience. But that's kind of why I'm here. That's kind of why we're here, to offer them that opportunity. My hope is, as I said in the beginning, that we continually find our authentic selves and find ways to express that Because that authentic self, regardless of what you understand yourself to be, is what God has created you to be. And you have a place in this world. And that's the other issue we have right now, because we have far too many people suggesting that some individuals who have a slightly nuanced understanding of their authentic self don't really belong. Don't belong to what? Humanity? Don't belong because they weren't created by God? Don't belong? That's ridiculous. Each of us has our own peace. My wife and her sister enjoy, I don't know why, putting together jigsaw puzzles. And they only do it like once a year, and they tend to pick the most complicated and involved ones they could find. What was the last one? Dickens Village? Yeah. That was maddening. Anyway, um... But that's kind of how we are. Each one of us has a unique shape. And that unique shape has a corresponding place in the whole picture. Our task is to discover our shape. Our task is to find our place in the picture. Not to be left on the floor or lost in the couch or wherever. That's who we are called to be. One body. Not always in agreement, but sometimes we have to recommit ourselves to work through those occasions and listen to each other and learn from each other. Because it's in that listening and learning that we grow and that we discover not only ourselves, but the other as well. I do know one hardcore fact. I'm often asked, what do you know for sure? And what I know for sure is that I'm no different than you are. And I say that because I am no saint. And I don't expect anybody else to be either. No one knows my sins better than I do. I just try to make them original sins. 
I mean, it's one thing to do the same sin over and over and over again, because then you don't learn anything. But if every sin is an original sin, at least you're plowing new ground, you know? The other thing I know for sure is that my faith tells me that that's okay. To risk love, to risk life, to risk living occasionally means you're going to miss the mark. And that's all sin is, missing the mark. Now, if you intentionally cause harm, that's a different story. That moves past sin. That moves into the realm of evil. And I don't really want to focus on that today. But I want you to risk. Risk becoming who you were created to be, knowing that God's going to love you. And through the power of the Christ, God is going to redeem you. Lisa doesn't like it when I talk like this, but I've already told her the one hymn I want to have at my funeral. I figure she should know. (laughs) And if I should outlive her, highly unlikely, given her family history and mine, I'm sure I'll be able to tell it to my kids. But anyway, the one hymn I want to have at my funeral is the one that will testify as to my faith. And with Kevin's help, I'd like to share part of that hymn with you now. You've already heard it. You've already sung it. But I'm going to pick one particular verse, the third verse of It Is Well With My Soul. My strength. sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more even so And the reason I can live with the fact that I have sinned is because I also know the reality of God's grace, a grace that we celebrate and share on a regular basis, 
not just in the elements of the sacrament, but in our relationships with each other. Where do we begin? Right here, right now, as you are. It's just that simple. And it's just that complicated. Thanks be to God. Amen.